Happy New Year. Happy New Year. <laughs> do, do that to uh, the tune of Old Lang Syne. <laughs> no. no. <laughs> Don't like that. No. Uh, how 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 are you enjoying the magical year of 2021 where everything is perfect? Yeah, you know, it's strange how that works, right? It's like midnight hits and suddenly everything is different and your eyes sort of reset and your brain sort of resets and you it's it's as if you're emerging from the birth canal yet again, much like the year does according to those strange you know i was thinking about this Is, was midnight the name of your edible <laughs> <laughs> as well as my noble steed um but i do my noble steed into uh the world of of um altered states that an edible causes no i'm i remember watching a show growing up where they sort of were showing the beginning of the year and all the way to the end of the year in that metaphor. And it's kind of a grim tale because essentially a baby is born on January 1st that becomes an old, decrepit individual on December 31st and then dies. And then a new baby is born on January 1st. And so every year... We are celebrating the birth of a new year baby, but we're also celebrating the death of an old year man or woman or person, an, yeah. an don't, old year human. Don't they call uh, the the older figure father time or something? I don't remember how it works. I think so. I don't yeah. remember my Rankin-Bass mythology very well. <laughs> what do they call the baby? Uh, baby? I think it's just baby new year, I think. Oh, probably. Not like... Brother New New. <laughs> they should go with that, though. It's a, it's probably better for SEO. But uh, so, <laughs> in this new year, uh, do do we uh, want to have any deep reflections on technology of twenty twenty one? I of twenty twenty, and do we want to talk about uh, future technology of twenty twenty one, or do we want to just talk about? good pies that we've had or pies we're looking forward to making um where, where do we want to go with this i don't ever there've been i've been on a number of podcasts where the there's the the like what you expect to see in the coming year or years and i'm never really fond of that idea um but i do like a look back i think that that is good and doesn't feel as I don't know. There's something not very genuine about sort of predictions or, or there, there's a a level of pointlessness to it, I guess. Um, but yeah, I would like to hear kind of looking back at this year, despite the pandemic, um, the ongoing pandemic, what technology may have stood out for you um, and what maybe was uh, wins and misses of of 2020. Hmm, okay. Uh, hmm. As we've talked about, I have not purchased a lot of technology in the past year. Uh, I still have my 
old MacBook Pro uh, with a rickety old Intel chip in it. And uh, I have <laughs> uh, my mechanical keyboard that I had before. And I have, uh, you know, same same old hard drive for backing up on the, the Times machines. And uh, the only new things that I have are... We the... call those father time machines. <laughs> and then every time you buy a new one, it's a tiny baby. Um, but <laughs> the... Uh, or, or does just the life cycle occur inside of it? Every time you partition it, there's a new little baby born. And every time you... Uh, it's a tiny little, what are those mini micro SD card? <laughs> it starts out and then it becomes a giant NOS or NAS, I mean, <laughs> at the end of the year. Yeah, father time if you're nasty. Um, so, <laughs> the, uh, I, I haven't really purchased a lot of stuff that I would recommend, except for uh, your recommendation to me for the Anchor uh, Thunderbolt or 3 dock, um, which you actually recommended the CalDigit, but I needed an HDMI port uh, specifically for the situation that I was in, and the CalDigit does not have uh, one of those. So I got the uh, Anchor Docking Station Power Expand Elite 13-in-1 Thunderbolt 3 dock for USB-C laptops, 85-watt <laughs> charging for laptop, 18-watt charging for iPhone, 4K HDMI, 1 gigabyte per second Ethernet audio, a USB-A Generation 1, USB-C Generation 2, SD 4.0. That should be illegal. You can't fit that into one title on Amazon. That's not fair. This is, this is how people find your product. You just have to search for any of those words. <laughs> it shows up. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, but, yeah, tell me about it, actually. Because I, so I, I kind of was like, there, there are two out there. And there's one that's... Um, the one that I use and, and really enjoy. And then there's one that's made by Anchor, and that could be a win. It could be a loss, a, a hit or a miss. Um, but if you want HDMI, then yeah, you you do have to go with that one. So yeah, tell me about it. Do you like it? Uh, it's fine. It is a... It sits on the desk without like wobbling around, which is good. It's it's weighty enough that it's not sliding all over the place, which is something I was concerned about with some of the the flimsier dock options. I didn't want something that was like hanging off the port of the computer or off the side of the desk. Right. Um, so th this this is obviously more of a uh, vertical brick that uh, that is sitting there on your desk. It has. Um, She's a vertical brick. <laughs> house. Um, but it has a kind of a heat sink situation, so. The sides of it um, have these vertical things to sort of vent um, what's going on in there. And it gets <laughs> so warm <laughs> sometimes. So uh, I would say that that is a bit of a drawback. Uh, I'm not really touching it very often. But it is one of those things where I'm just thinking about, like, I don't know, if I'm not here, is a fire going to happen? Uh, I have... I've, no idea, uh, but it it is uh, a it is it is good at what it does in terms of connecting things. I don't love the fit and finish of it showing up underneath my sound options as Realtek USB 2.0 audio device. Ew. Um, yeah, because I I know there's a Realtek uh, uh, audio chip in there, and that's why that's there. But uh, I think that you should have some nicer branding um, for for that sort of situation. It's good uh, that there's only one connection to my laptop because uh, previously in my work from home configuration, the thing that was driving me uh, a little uh, bonkers was that I had Apple's uh, HDMI and USB-A uh, and one other port that I don't remember uh, to uh, Thunderbolt 3 dongle. And then I had 
another Thunderbolt 3 USB-A adapter and then another one and another one. And so every port on this was covered when I was, especially when I was podcasting. Um, and I was just like, it's not practical. Because uh, anytime I would want to take my laptop and unplug it and go somewhere else, I'd be unplugging three to four things. And it just felt dumb. And then you have to unmount and uh, deal with the display settings and stuff so that mm-hmm. everything doesn't just like freak out every time you uh go from uh plugged into uh opening it up it's just a uh, kind of annoying so it was good to have the anchor so that i could just unplug the whole thing it's done um and then i just plug it back in i have my keyboard uh time machine backup speakers uh monitor everything going um sometimes mac os doesn't remember what usb i'm sorry what uh what audio source i want to use uh so it kind of just guesses and guesses wrong on occasion so sometimes i'll be set up to podcast and it'll be like you want to use the real tech uh for your audio output (laughs) and it's like "Mm, no uh or it'll be through my external speakers or uh, my favorite is that the samsung uh monitor that i had to buy because it was my only option for a 4k hdr monitor at best buy uh march was it six 16th or something um during the panic buy before everything shut down uh the that monitor um uh also has a audio system inside of it where there is a headphone jack in the back there are no speakers though so sometimes mac os will default to putting audio through it um and it doesn't play any sound and then you realize that it has routed it to the monitor that has nothing connected that's to it. so annoying yeah, and if you plug something into there, you also can't adjust the audio from the little uh, audio slider thing for some reason, but only that one device, and it doesn't matter whether or not it's plugged into the anchor or plugged into the laptop. So there are some rough edges to this solution, and I would say that nothing really does it perfectly, but I definitely think it's worth the uh, excessive amount of money because uh, $250 is a lot for uh, a brick that basically just lets you plug things into another thing. But yeah. it, it it was worth it for not having the hassle of trying to manage these individual connections and only having to deal with the one. And I'm sure you probably have a similar assessment of your CalDigit 3, uh, which I think you also got this year, right? Yes, I did. And yes, I do. Um, as you were talking about the different struggles that you've had with yours or annoyances that you've had with yours, I'm nodding my head. Um, this one doesn't give them such long names, uh, but instead it gives a, a sort of less descriptive uh, speaker is what, what what the output is called for this one. Um, as opposed to real tech audio, da, 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 da. it's just called speaker. Um, and there's a special setting that you have to do because it can be the, what is it, spdiff output um, because it's got a an audio, an optical audio out and then also just your normal like jack out. Um, and because of weirdness with macOS, yeah, it will sometimes choose a different option other than the audio option that I have. And much like you, I have two monitors that, can also be audio out devices. And so that has been an issue in the past. I don't know what I've done recently, but, and I don't know if it's Big Sur that does this or if it's by messing in the um, MIDI, audio MIDI setup app or what, but something um, has caused me to have less of an issue with the, 
random switching and choosing of the audio output thing. So more more likely uh, recently it has done the right thing. But yes, I used to have that same problem because my Dell U2415, uh, I have two of those, and each of them have audio output options, and it used to set to those. Um, but yeah, now it doesn't do that. And, and the CalDigit Thunderbolt 3 uh, has the um, sort of, like I said, built-in jack and what they call as uh, external SPDIF interface. Um, but I, uh, most of the time, am using, as I am right now, my USB audio interface uh, which has my microphone and everything. Um, and so that ends up being the input and output most of the time. And my Mac does a good job of staying with those. But yes, that headache of having to unplug, replug, and then wonder if it's going to get it right and make sure that it maintains the uh, screen placement and all that stuff is it, it's like it seems to be that it's asking too much it shouldn't be asking too much but it seems to be that it's asking too much oh yeah don't even get me started on the wake sleep thing because the i have my macbook pro and clamshell um mode where that means the laptop's closed but it still powers on a screen uh but the screen goes to sleep and so sometimes it'll wake up to do something in the night like uh, as someone sent me a message and it will be like here's a notification that needs to display on the screen right now uh for reasons and it'll wake up for that <laughs> or it'll uh wake up to do some disk stuff or it'll wake up to install software update whatever but w- when it does that sometimes uh the screen size seems to change in its sleep state so that resizes all of the windows so when i w- go to wake up the monitor in the morning, I'll have teeny tiny little windows. And I won't necessarily understand how that happened because if you go from clamshell mode, uh, if you just like pop open the uh, laptop or you even resize the scaling on the display from, I usually have it at native so that I can uh, do stuff to the the uh, computer that I connect to at work uh, at the proper pixel size. Um, but the, you can, you know, on Mac, you can scale it so that it's easier to read on a a 4k display, um, by sort of blowing up the, the whole image, um, doing any of those things mostly kind of keeps the windows in the same sort of size and shape, uh, for the most part, it might put them up or down or somewhere, but it doesn't like do anything super weird. But for some reason, when it goes to wake, when it sleeps and then wakes up to do some weird thing in the middle of the night. Then it turns everything into teeny tiny little things. And I don't know under what circumstances it does that. So I just close all my windows at the end of the day like an idiot. Um, but I just don't want to wake up in the morning and then have to resize all of those windows. Because you can never get them exactly the way they were. And then that just kind of like annoys you as you're sort of like trying to resize them into a specific pattern. Um, to, to try to approximate where you thought the dimensions of that screen, of uh, that window were beforehand. <laughs> just starting off irritating. With- annoyance and irritation is yeah never a good idea so but it's it stinks that you have to i don't i have never experienced that one that would really uh you know it really grinds my gears that would really <laughs> grind my gears <laughs> yeah and, and i'm sure you, we we talked about uh as you were uh having some difficulty connecting uh right before this this call um i've had a couple of instances where it just doesn't want to wake up 
uh, and you open the laptop and you're like, hey, MacBook Pro, uh, your keyboard, <laughs> your keyboard's lit and your fan's going, but both both of my screens don't display a thing. Yes, literally that. <laughs> yes, what? quite literally that. <laughs> it seems like it's on. It seems like it's going, but it is not on. <laughs> uh, or at least my screens are not showing me. Um, ugh, annoying. Yeah, so it feels like uh, every now and then I just have to do hard reboot. And then it's like, do you want to send a report? And it's like, sure. <laughs> what are we reporting? I have no idea. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's fun. Um, but, uh, you know, it's it, it it's fine. I mean, it's it's okay. There's a laptop, and it's closed, and it's connected to another screen, and I do my work, and that's it. The end. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm not going to recommend, um, it, under any circumstances, the Samsung display that I have. Uh, it is... that bad the the logitech mouse i have is okay but i'm not gonna recommend that either because i think there's uh, better mice than this one this is just like a little uh teeny tiny mx anywhere 2s um that that i had to pick up because it was the the wireless mouse that i could buy independent of purchasing a new keyboard uh at the best buy that same day that i bought the monitor so that's what that's what uh that's what i had yeah i um i still use Apple's stuff for the the rest of it. Oh, the um, magic the magic mice. Yeah. Well, I've got the I I have a magic mouse. I don't currently have it charged and using it. Um, but I have I, I used to rock both the magic mouse and magic trackpad um because different tasks required uh, a more precise pointing tool and so I'd use the magic mouse for that. Um, and the magic trackpad for pretty much everything else. And then I've got a magic keyboard um, as well. But right now I just have the keyboard and the mouse uh, next to each other. And I, I wouldn't recommend my mom. I don't know if they sell my monitors anymore. Um, they're fine, but they're not like, there's no good. I, everybody talks about this, but it's true. Um, there's no good monitor to buy unless you can afford to buy the pro display xdr which is not something that um i would you know in any good uh faith recommend anyone purchase because it's so expensive but uh i do wish that i had because i look at my i look at the monitor of my uh 16 inch macbook pro and how clear and crisp it is and then i look at the Dell monitors and how not clear and crisp they are. And it is a bummer. I do wish that I could just have that beautiful crispness across all of the devices. Yeah. Well, that's part of the reason I only have this one monitor uh, because I couldn't do my work on the MacBook Pro display itself. And I had no external monitor prior to that because the only things I was doing was editing podcasts and stuff. And it was fine to edit it on the MacBook Pro because it was a 15-inch MacBook Pro. Um, But because I needed this 4K screen and I went with this particular option, it has HDR and it is sharp. I just don't like it as a monitor in terms of ergonomics or like the blinky blink every time you turn this on and it's like this is hdmi one it's like okay great i know it's hdmi one it's the only thing i use <laughs> what can we can we just like skip the, to the part where the display is on i don't know um the uh uh it's just not as nice um now 
I I mentioned that to Jason when he was shopping for his monitor because he's like, ah, I'm just going to buy the cheapest one I can. And I was like, no, don't do that. Because um, like, I think you'll be happier if you buy one of those Dells that has the USB-C uh, connection where you can also plug in your keyboard and everything else. And that way you don't need to buy another dock or do any of this other stuff. And so sure enough, he did. And he thinks it's fine. Um, and it's, uh, you know, nothing I would personally recommend because he also wanted to buy, he didn't want to pay the extra money for 4k because he didn't see the need. So his is not crisp because he wanted the QHD, um, one where it's, what was it like 1440, uh, pixels high or something. Um, he, he wanted that particular one, not the one that's full blown 4k. Uh, but I made sure that he didn't buy the one that was just a 1080p monitor because that was like they shouldn't sell that that should be legal um it's just bad for your <laughs> bad for your eyes uh but the, <laughs> yeah they they that's that's fine i i just uh, made sure that he did that in terms of connectivity um so that he did he'd have something to to do that didn't require like this thunderbolt 3 dock or the other dongles that i've had um and i as far as i know they're one of the few ones that make a monitor that does that sort of like hub situation it's like Dell and LG basically are the only ones that I think I've seen where they have a USB-C um, sort of hub interface. And with the Dells, mm-hmm. it is USB-C and not Thunderbolt. Um, so, you know, kind of a mess. Agreed. Yeah, I just miss the days of the um, Apple Thunderbolt display. I used to have one of those. It was what Thunderbolt 2. And it had this weird little cord on the end of it where one was for the MagSafe charger for your MacBook and the other was the Thunderbolt port. And you plugged it into your MacBook Pro or whatever device. And on the back of it was um, some USB ports, an Ethernet port, uh, audio out, and it could also be audio in, I believe, and some other things. And it had built-in speakers it had a built-in webcam, and it worked perfectly with the uh, with macOS uh, in terms of being able to bring up and bring down brightness on the screen, and um, be able to work with the what was the other one with the um, well, of course, it worked with the volume up and volume down. So just all of those things working so well together. I want that again. And it was it was 1K. You know, a thousand bucks for a display is still pretty pricey. But in comparison to some of the other oh, ones yeah. that are out there that are, you know, similar, it's that was less money. Um I mean and yeah. That used to be a lot of money for a monitor, but these days it actually That's true. Yeah, it, it actually isn't. Uh somehow the the cost of making monitors has gone up, uh, if you want a nice one. Yeah, I mean you can buy those monitors that are like Two hundred, three hundred dollars. Um, they just suck. So you know, and that's what mm-hmm. that's the thing. The Samsung, it's uh three hundred and I don't know, three hundred and thirty, three hundred forty dollars or something on Best Buy. Usually, that they have it on like a perennial sale. Uh, I'm sure the model that replaces this will also be in the same exact spot uh, as this one. But uh, yeah, it's no- nothing has the user experience of you just plug it in and it does all the nice stuff that you want. Uh, and I think that that is really um, unfortunate. Uh, and I don't have any particular opinion about the LG Ultrafines. Um, I know that a lot of people get really angry at them and don't yeah. don't like them, but I don't have any hatred towards it. I just see them as uh, very expensive for what they would offer me. Um, 
because they're not inexpensive monitors. They're not down here in the uh, $300 range, um, but they also don't seem to offer you the complete nice experience that you would expect for the premium price you're paying. So I, I don't understand that particular set of things because LG also makes monitors that have um, USB-C and Thunderbolt connections that are not the ultra fine brand, um, but are cheaper than those, but don't have all of the same features. It's, it's a little weird. Um, and I, I don't necessarily understand the pricing strategy um, with that stuff. Uh, and I know there's quality control issues and people don't like how plastic and wobbly they are. I don't I mean at this point, <laughs> I don't care about the plastic and wobbly part, but uh, it, it's, uh, it's sort of impossible to to spend um, what six thousand dollars on a pro display XDR um, and associated monitor stand. It is six thousand dollars for the two of them together, right? Because it's a thousand dollars for the stand. Yes. Okay, I'm just trying to remember if it was six thousand dollars and then it was the thousand dollars for the stand. But uh, yeah, so what a deal. Uh, I I don't I don't know. Uh, for for uh, 2020, uh, I think that you know. A decent hub um, seems to be the thing that we both uh, have have enjoyed. Uh, but other than that, no technology really stands out. Uh, I bought some new lenses for my camera that I had from the previous year, uh, but that's not really technology per se. Um, I did not buy a new phone or new headphones or new anything. But I know that you um, have purchased several things and have returned um, some things as part of an <laughs> early purchase return new purchase process. And yes, you've tried out a lot more products than I have uh, just in general. So were there 2020 products that you, uh, you also want to, to nominate and talk about? Um, you know, I, so I, I, yeah, I did get the iPhone 12 pro and then returned it and got the iPhone 12 pro max. So I got hands on with both of those. I, I, we've talked about on this show, I like my iPhone 12 Pro Max, but it's not as if I, you know, was blown away by it and feel like everybody needs to rush out and get one. Um, already, it's become just, you know, sort of another device. And, you know, one of the things that I talked about early on was, oh, the fun of MagSafe is a little bit of a delight. Of course, no one should ever feel, I have to go out and get this just because of MagSafe. And I never claimed that. But I did talk about like, in a device that mostly did not make me feel very excited about it, was there anything that did make me excited? And it was MagSafe. Um, But I have to report that I'm already not using MagSafe. Um, And that's because I already had my wireless charging system in place before. I got this phone, and so to suddenly change that out for MagSafe just didn't make sense. That's a lot more money to spend. And so I've got a um, beautiful charger from Nomad that's a a desk charger that sits in my office, and I put my phone on that anytime I come into the office. And then next to my bed, I've got a Satechi. Sorry, I have to remember which way they choose to pronounce it, if it's Satechi or Satechi. But on my bedside table, I've got a Satechi... three-in-one wireless charger that I use. And so I saw no need to switch that out for MagSafe. And outside of that, you know, it's got better camera and all that jazz, but I don't really... I mean, there's not a whole lot to take photos and videos of right now (laughs) other than the same things over and over and over again because we're all at home. 
Um, you should just do a photo series that is your ceiling for the new year. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, every a photo every day, and it's just my ceiling mm-hmm. um, with the the sprinkler system right in in frame. Um, yeah, so I don't really have a whole lot to say there. Um, I got the iPad Air, and I'm still using my old school at this point, 11 inch iPad Pro as my um, you know iPad of choice. Uh, I will say that I was pleasantly surprised by the HomePod Mini, um, because for two reasons, um, it was a lot smaller than I was expecting it to be. It's about the size of a navel orange, um, and along with being a lot smaller than I was expecting it to be, it could still get pretty loud, uh, which I was not expecting. I wasn't expecting the level of volume that does come out of it to like for it to be able to do that. Um, so that was kind of a fun product, but overall it's just another audio output device that I have in my home, which joins, uh, a cast and crew of many. So now yeah, I gotta I really... ask you a question, just a follow up question about the HomePod mini. Now that you've had it for a while, are you using it in a stereo pair or are you using it by itself? Uh, just by itself. Um, cause the only reason that I got it in the first place was uh actually for work it was the HomePod mini the nest audio and the uh fourth generation echo i did a uh sort of you know one by one by one what who has the best 99 dollars smart speaker yeah i think they, um, they call that a shootout um, uh, yes a shootout a showdown <laughs> one of those things and three speakers enter one speaker th- leaves <laughs> um and so you know that was kind of the reason I got it, so I didn't need to do or want to do the stereo pair, and so yeah, I'm just using it on its own. And interestingly for me, I think the thing that's been the most interesting this year is that the HomePod has become a whole new, and I mean the non-mini version has become a whole new product in that Apple reworked the way that it does um, the Apple TV pairing. To where it essentially becomes a permanent uh, option, whereas before you would have to go in almost every time and reconnect and reconfigure and get it to set up and do all this other stuff. Uh, they they added these features in uh, the latest version of TVOS called Home Theater, and when when those features have been added, when you've updated your devices, you can set your HomePod as the default audio output for the Apple TV from that point on. And since I exclusively use the Apple TV with my uh, television, it was uh, a match made in heaven, so to speak. And like you turn it on, you turn on the Apple TV, you wake it from sleep. And then of course through HDMI CEC, it wakes up the television from sleep. um, And you immediately start to hear the output coming from the HomePod. And so now, if there's anything that I want to add to my setup in 2021, it's a stinking, dadgum, dumb, silly, stupid HomePod because I want to do a stereo pair of the HomePod for my television because it does sound really, really good. And it makes the show sound really, really good. And, you know, I can remember us talking on the show about how it was, it's kind of a bummer as a mono device. Um, and the fact that it was so, 
I can't even think of the word, but like when something fiddly, fiddly is so fiddly about getting it to actually output uh, audio, and that's not the case um, anymore. And so it makes me want to do a stereo pair because I had a soundbar, and it you know is an HDMI arc soundbar. Um, and it would just randomly cut out from time to time. And then there would be times where it wasn't working. And then sometimes the volume controls would stop working with it. And all of this annoyance and, and trouble, some problems. And so when home theater came out, I thought, okay, I'm just going to try this. I'm just going to see if it works. And I have not looked back. And in fact, there are times where I'm like, oh, I need to have that, you know, the audio coming out of the the HomePod. Oh, wait, it already is. It's it's set up. It's already doing that, duh. And so, yeah, I've actually found that to be quite a delightful change. Um, and it has me on the lookout for some deals on a HomePod uh, because I want to add a second one to my hmm. to my setup now. Yeah, I got to say... Which I was just not expecting. <laughs> yeah, I, I was not expecting that either. Uh, I got to say that... that thing that would make me personally reluctant um is just the uh expense for what is essentially a uh what is it three year old product um i think uh and they still charge they they still charge three hundred dollars ish for that uh yeah 299 exactly yeah so it's a little bit of a bummer but it is like you said frequently on sale um so it's obviously going to be cheaper to uh, snatch up uh, one that's on sale and uh, uh, pair that with the, an existing one than it is to buy a pair from scratch. Um, but uh, interesting. Yeah, I remember when um, uh, Marco Savic, uh, our, uh, uh, the previous uh, uh, podcast host that I would talk to on this program, he came over to visit uh, in LA and he had his home pod, uh, that he had just bought. And we did a recording with you, me and him. Um, or I did the, yeah, I think it was, I did the, I did the grammar on that wrong. Um, but the, oh. <laughs> we, we, we were in my crappy old me apartment. Three. <laughs> we were in my crappy old apartment and he had, uh, ca- connected it to my Apple TV and it was so fiddly to connect it. And then there was a weird lag when it was doing the audio playback uh, versus the YouTube uh, videos that I think we tested with. But it was fine for something else that we tried. And so it was just sort of inconsistent. And I think it was just the rough edges where they were not 100% um, set on everything at the time. Because I think that was also prior to uh, AirPlay 2 um oh wow or old school i think i think i can't remember exactly when that when that was because airplay 2 i think came out right after the home pod or was in a like a point release firmware update or something so they had uh they were still working out their issues when it was rolled out as a product and so it's not hard to believe that it's uh improved um substantially since then um but i'm kind of curious if after the HomePod and after the HomePod Mini, if they're going to make a revision to the original HomePod where they kind of uh, revisit some of the issues that it has. It is a little disappointing that in the in the HomePod Mini, they um, uh, put that weird little display thingy on top still because um, I'm not 100% on that one. Uh, and it doesn't really yeah. seem like a lot of people are. Um, but the, uh, so I would, I just assume that they would do the same thing if they did another HomePod, but the, uh, the other thing I saw in the new updates for the HomePod, the regular one is they did something with the, uh, handoff from your 
playback stuff when you go up to tap. Um, and I thought some people were saying that wasn't so great now that, that it was better prior to this. Is that the case? Um, so I've never, I don't really use that feature um, very often. And it, it's my understanding that Apple was kind of making that uh, more of a HomePod mini feature because of the the ultra wideband chip inside where handoff was going to change and there were some issues at first with people figuring out how to get it to work properly um but on the <laughs> incredibly rare occasion that I have done a handoff where and and for folks who might not know you know music is playing on your your iPhone and you go up and you sort of tap the top of the home pod with your iPhone and it bops the music over to the home pod and vice versa um or a call or whatever I have it, like it's it's worked for me. So I I think that I don't do it enough maybe to have experienced the failures that folks are talking about. Um but there's an upcoming feature that's specific to the HomePod mini because it has that ultra wideband chip. And so if you have an ultra wideband uh device like the new iPhones and you have uh the HomePod mini that display on top um will essentially it kind of works like a a not not exactly like a radar but um basically as you move your phone t- more toward the HomePod mini or as you move the phone away from the HomePod mini um the display will on top will sort of brighten and grow or shrink and dim respectively and so it's kind of i guess you know supposed to give a, a proximity uh, a bit of, of understanding so then you can properly bop it to the home pod <laughs> that you're going for ah <sighs> yeah that, interesting um hmm. but uh it's kind of gimmicky but interesting yeah I- interesting I, guess I also uh do you use your uh your voice to uh to select things to enable things to happen or are you mainly enjoying your HomePod and HomePod mini use these days because you've given up completely on any sort of uh, voice features. You know, that's probably what it is, Joe. Um, I'm, a, I'm too much of a control freak when it comes to these things. And so I'm not, uh, not a voice user. I, you know, the most of the time, what I would use voice activated stuff for would be controlling my home. But instead, I just do that with my app. Because I don't like to, um, I don't like to have the device misinterpret me or misunderstand me. Or what's worse is uh, having to go and say multiple things. So, hey, boo boo, turn up the lights. Hey, boo boo, set the lights to yellow. Hey, boo boo, uh, set the lights to forty percent. Hey, boo boo, turn off the table light or whatever you know all these different things it's so much faster for me to just beep boop beep 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 zzz, zzz, burp, boop, and i'm done um and it doesn't feel as frustrating and so yeah i don't really do voice control stuff if i'm playing to my home pod i am most likely using my iphone to airplay to the home pod so that's physical control i think i did it for the first time the other day in a while and lo and behold, did it play the wrong artist? So it's like <laughs> if every time I do give it a chance in, you know, in a once in a in a blue moon option, and it does me wrong, it just continues to 
it just continues to convince me that that's not the way to to go about it. And so, yeah, I guess you're right. It does end up just being a device that I can appreciate for its sound quality because Apple basically, and I talk about this in my uh, shoot off. Is that what it's called? Um, that sounds weird. Um, showdown, whatever. The comparison of the three devices I talk about, the kind of going for, do we want to make the loudest possible thing or do we want to sacrifice some volume level for the sake of richness and detail? And Apple sacrificed some volume level, but still, I, based on the size of this thing, you would not expect us to be able to put out the level of sound that it does. But they sacrificed some volume level for the sake of making sure that the music sounds very good. And so you can hear those layers and those details of the music a lot better than you can with the uh, Echo and the uh, Nest Audio. Um, the the fourth generation Echo has the worst audio of the three, and that shouldn't be a surprise because Echo's outside of the um, outside of the Echo Studio all do not sound great. Um, and so, if you've only ever used Echoes, then you're fine because <laughs> you are going to get an upgrade by getting the fourth generation Echo. But if you've heard some of the other things, or uh, listen to music with headphones that sound good, then you're gonna like, no, the Echo fourth gen does not sound great. It sounds better than the ones before, but not great. And the Nest Audio sounds quite good and it gets loud, but it does not hold the detail that the HomePod mini can. And it's not as small of the, of the three devices. It's the biggest and heaviest. Um, so there's you know trade-offs with all of those, and of course, then there's the, the what factors in, which is which one uh, works best with your setup. But um, yeah, Apple once again, you know, focusing on sound quality over quantity, if you will, has pulled it off. And so um, yeah, I get to just use the HomePod and HomePod Mini as these devices that are more passive in nature. Um, because like I said, the, now the HomePod just works on its own. So that's super passive. I don't have to interact with it at all. And so I just get really good sound from my television because it's not coming out of the speakers in the TV, which is what I was doing because of the stupid, uh, soundbar that I had that wasn't working very well and was frustrating enough for me to just forget it. Um, and so, yeah, I, I think that that you probably hit hit the nail on the head there. And anyone else who wants to be happy about their <laughs> happy about their uh, HomePods and HomePod Minis, all you got to do is quit talking to them. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of I think one of the things that keeps me away from it because it's not really an advantage for the rooms that I would use a, a HomePod Mini in um, versus the speakers that are already in those rooms that I have. Um, is if if it like was more of a voice assistant then i could completely replace um the uh or or at least had a audio out that i wanted to use then i could replace the uh echo dot that's downstairs it's hooked up to a speaker that's good um so i'm happy with the speaker that's there um but if i'm just going to hook up something that enables me to use my phone to do stuff uh and not hands-free talk to the thing to make it do stuff then i don't really see that as an upgrade and in the other room uh i have uh, a speaker system that's hooked up to my de- uh, my computer at my desk and I, it's not an advantage for me to replace those speakers with other speakers even if they're smaller or a different size because 
these are reasonably small and uh, cost zero money to maintain them. And if I have to manually select what I'm doing anyways, that's what I'm already doing with these on the computer itself. Um, and I don't have to mess with the wireless output. I just have to make sure that it's not playing to the external speakers on the laptop or to uh, the speakers on the microphone. <laughs> but uh, the uh, the thing I think that might make me want a HomePod is if they ever made a battery-powered one um, uh, where it has like a charging base station. Bose makes a product uh, that is like that, but all the quality control issues around it and the reviews are not good. So I haven't purchased one because um, we have sort of a, a backyard area and I don't uh, want to buy any of the bad external audio uh, outdoor speaker things that you can purchase uh, and deal with the mounting process and running wires and all that. If there was just like a decent Bluetooth speaker, uh, well, not Bluetooth, but a decent AirPlay speaker that I could take outside um, and use for hours and then take back inside and put on top of a charging station then that might be a situation where I would consider using that um, sort of a, a HomePod situation where you're not relying on the voice assistant. Um, now, if they ever make the voice assistant better, then it would make the HomePod mini itself uh, more appealing to me, I think, uh, for replacing uh, the, the many echoes um, that are scattered around, uh, which I don't rely on for audio, um, but I only rely on for the the voice assistant part. So that's that's, I think mainly the main drawback for me in 2020 and 2021 and 2022 and 2023 and 2024 <laughs> and so on. Cause I'm, I just cannot wrap my mind around like what schedule that's going to improve uh, on. Um, they had that thing where it makes animal sounds now. And I was just like, <sighs> God, I was like, what is there a product management board where this was higher than something else? Cause I, I don't understand <laughs> like what, happened there like in terms of allotting man hours to uh sorry allotting people hours to you know try to figure out you know that problem to to get those samples and do all that stuff it was just like i can't i mean i'm sure i'm sure it's not as technically involved as like refining the thing that you know when you say you want a certain artist to play that you know making that do that um, i'm sure that's more difficult than the animal noises but wow yikes <laughs> wow yikes is right mm-hmm. yeah i don't know uh, maybe maybe one of these days but uh in terms of your iphones um you they've mainly disappeared into your life except for uh you know your appreciative max magsafe which then disappeared but was was there is there a magsafe device that would make you want to replace your existing ones that um that you might be looking for in this year yeah, so Bel- Belkin actually has one um, that I'm, I am I have reached out to Belkin, in fact, to do a review of it. And depending on how well that, uh, how well it works, when I do get a chance to check it out, that will um, potentially sway me because it will, like there, there are specific, s- specific instances where this is uh, going to be the most helpful. And on the desk... As a magnetic mount, I think will be very cool, um, and so that it can sort of be lifted above the desk, a, a, a little like the iPad Pro in its new style of keyboard. And then in the car, although I just don't use my car very often, so um, I have right now. It is a, a a dash mount that grabs the phone on either side, and it is a. Uh, not MagSafe, but a Qi charger. 
And so that was always really nice is that when I put my phone into the mount in my car, it was charging my phone so my phone wouldn't run dead while it was doing GPS and stuff like that. But the way that it's set up, it's, you know, it's a little bit finicky on being able to move it from uh, vertical to horizontal orientation and stuff like that. And so just having a magnet on the back to do that will be very cool. And there are some options out there or that will soon be out there. but. You know, it's not currently so much of a need. Like the car would be the one that I would actively go out and purchase. Just, you know, go find it and get it if I was using my car more regularly. But my car has been in my garage. In fact, I have to I have to get a new battery because my car's battery is completely dead. Not just dead in the way that some car batteries die and then you can charge them. Mine is so dead that it's not even chargeable anymore. Um so that was really annoying and frustrating because I just have not used my car so much. My partner and I both have vehicles and his is newer. And so on the rare occasion when I've needed to use a vehicle, most of the time, um, he will just take me to wherever I need to go. And so I have not used my car. It hasn't moved. And so now the batteries. So that just adds more to it that I just have not wanted to add MagSafe to my vehicle, but that would be the place where it would make the most sense for me because I'm okay everywhere else. Um, and it's just not needed everywhere else. And in fact, this is, I, I saw this study about, um, <laughs> I saw this study about a charger, um, or no, no, not about a charger, about Qi charging. And it looked at the, uh, the, amount of charge that goes into the device versus how much of the charge is lost to heat versus how that heat impacts the um, your environment. And, and when I say environment, I mean your like local specific environment in your home. So in the summer, when you are using your Qi charger to charge your phone and so much of the energy is lost to heat, that adds to the heat in your home, which you then use your AC to cool. And so there starts to be, depending on how many Qi chargers you have in your house and how often you're using them, there starts to be a bit of a give and a take, um, which was a little bit shocking to me. But more so, it reminded me about you know batteries and heat and how those two are not friends. And it made me kind of think again about my... Uh, charging setup. And so while I'm happy to have the Qi charger in my office uh, because you know it's a, it's a come and a go kind of thing, and in my car because it's a come and a go kind of thing, I've actually started to, despite the fact that I have uh, a three-in-one wireless charger on my nightstand, I've started to plug in my phone again at night instead of using the, the Qi charger huh. just because it gives the, it gives the uh, most what is the word? Uh, it's not economic, not effective, but there's an E word. Efficient. efficient. It gives the most, yes, efficient charge uh, to your device or more efficient rather than, you know, using a, a, a wireless charger. So, yeah, I've kind of taken to doing that again, which I was surprised by myself. Um, but that makes me, that's where, again, MagSafe, because of the way that it's set up, Apple has, you know, talked about this your the the charge that it can give is a little bit higher um because of the magnetic alignment it can be more 
locked in. It can be sort of the coil is directly on top of the uh, charging mechanism as opposed to slightly off kilter one way or the other. And because of that, it can be more efficient in charging your device. So that is another place where I think it'll make sense for me to want to make the switch. Yeah, I got to say that um, I don't, I have wanted um, wireless charging just ambiently, except for the few drawbacks. Uh, My car that I had, um, that had CarPlay, it needed to be wired anyways. So there was no benefit to putting any any kind of Qi charging situation into that because I was already charging because it needed to be connected. Um, Now there are... uh, BMW and I think a couple other people make wireless um, CarPlay setups that you can use a Qi charger while you're driving. I don't know if any of those are magnetic yet, but um, you know those will eventually, you know, trickle down to Civics and stuff. I'm sure someday. But the uh, the main thing I wanted it for, aside from that number one annoyance, was uh, just when I was going to bed because sometimes I like to look at the phone and then I like to turn over and just put it on the nightstand. I don't like the part where I go fishing around on the floor for where the cable went um, and then try to plug that in. I I don't love that experience, and I would like for that to be better, but I don't know how to uh, navigate the world of available wireless charging, and I don't want to buy a wireless charger that would just be for the phone and not for the watch, too. I'd want to eliminate. Uh, yeah. I would want to eliminate all the wires. But you can't really do that with a lot of the stuff that's out there. And you also, because uh, the, all the charging stations that they have for the white, for the watch and the iPad, they have a little pop-up stupid little stop <laughs> sign thing that you put the watch on. And it's just like, I don't <laughs> want that. I just want to put the watch down on a surface and then you charge it. Um, but So the, basically you want air power. Yeah, I guess I want air power. I was promised air power. Uh, gosh darn it. But uh, the... The phone itself, like I, I just want, I just want to put stuff down at night and then not think about where it is laying, um, and then it's just charged the next morning. Um, and I am disappointed there aren't any solutions that are really for that specifically. At my desk, if I've been using my iPhone for like audio playback or something throughout the day, or um, I, you know, went out on a run or walk or something where it was draining the battery some more and also doing audio stuff, then. Um, I will charge have a lightning cable here that I can plug it into, but that's not a problem because I, it doesn't matter. I'm, I'm here and there are lights on so I can find the cable. Um, but I, I just, uh, the, the fishing around by the bedside, uh, is the number two annoyance next to the car. And I just, I wish that, uh, those two particular things were on a more timely schedule of, of updating them maybe with either this magnetic thing or something else, but, uh, it, it doesn't seem like everything's on track. Um, I'm not sure why there isn't a product from Apple that, um, I mean, aside from air power, that is more like, hey, you happen to own all of these devices, let's charge all of them um, like an adult uh, and <laughs> not have a bunch of, you know, crap that's all sitting independently or wire strewn all over the place. And there are different companies that I think Belkin makes something um, and there are like different folding options like, uh, what was it? There's... Apple has that weird, like, foldy plastic yes. pad thing. It's That's too much money mm-hmm. and doesn't do uh, very good charging. <laughs> yeah. It, it's not very efficient. Yeah, no, th- no thank you to that one. Um, so there's no 
there's no like solution for that. And it's just like, surely all of these executives go to sleep at night and have a nightstand that they put their stuff on. Like, I don't understand. Um, sleep in this economy? <laughs> I, I, don't they, don't they doom scroll and then want to put their phone down without having to go find <laughs> the, the, the cable that's somewhere underneath the bed? Um, but, uh, all the cables are so short. Gosh darn it. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. Maybe the solution is I really just need to get one of those, uh, what is it, Native Union or whatever, where they have the little weight uh, on the, the top of the, the cable. I know tons of other people make them, but the Native Union. I just Union think you need to be okay with the stop sign, Jeff. Uh, Jeff? Who's Jeff? I'm wow. watching too much Survivor. I'm so sorry. <laughs> uh, I think you just need to be okay with the stop sign, Joe. <laughs> um, because it, if you did that, I think that you would be okay and be happy with the, um, oh goodness, I want to make sure I get the name right. It is the, oh, I almost had it. Good podcasting. Oh, the Trio. Oh, well, it's out of stock. A lot of people want this. The Trio wireless charging pad. And look, it doesn't have to be a stop sign. You can leave it um, facing down. And so then it, it, it lays flat. But this is the thing that I have on my desktop table, my not desktop table, my my side table. It's one USB-C cord that plugs into the back of it. And there are three spots. One, it, like the Apple Watch puck is built into it and you can flip it up, but you can just lay it down. I know you what you're looking for ultimately is a way to just lay it down wherever on that surface and it charges it. Um, but the one thing that I've done with this is that there's a, a great product that I think I've talked about. Um, I don't think I've talked about on a podcast, maybe, but certainly have personally talked about. Um, and let me see what they're called exactly. Uh, Night. Oh, also, they don't make a duo of this, just the trio. Oh, because no AirPods in the middle, right? Um, they do make one they, called. They have independent, uh, like charging pads for things but they don't They've have got one called the the quattro yeah the quattro mm. and it will charge your apple watch and your iphone but it's it's an actual portable charging bank uh that you could sensibly just keep on your desk uh or i mean on your your side table and you know keep it there mm-hmm. and it will charge uh all of your stuff but it you know it wasn't originally necessarily made to do that and the fact is it costs almost as much as the trio wireless charging so it's almost better to just go with the trio wireless charging but yeah it's called the quattro wireless power bank and it has an apple watch puck built into it and a spot to drop whatever you want so in this case you drop your iphone and you could keep it plugged in but the cool thing is then it is portable so you could set it somewhere and charge your devices um, without having to be plugged in but um one, my my pro tip for anybody out there who ends up looking at this, this Ateki Trio wireless charging pad, um, those three LEDs are rather annoying on the front. And so I have, um, I'm trying to find them now. I wonder if, it, if I can look up. See, some brands put a lot of uh, keywords, code words into their <laughs> uh, titles on Amazon and I, some don't. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> And so I'm having trouble finding these, but they're essentially these little pre-cut stickers that, um, let me, hold on, I'm going to 
step up and step away from the mic for just a second. I've still got my headphones on though. So if you need to say anything, I'm looking in my drawer for these so I can remember the name of them. I can't find them. Okay. But essentially what they are is they're these little pre-cut stickers that you can get them in two types. You can get them in like complete blackout or you can get them in dimming. And they are just these uh, these black sticky plastic things that are pre-cut in circles and in sort of rounded rectangles that you can put on your devices. Ah, here they are. They're called light dims, huh. uh, L-I-G-H-T dims. And these are... It, like it's a life hack in general. I bought uh, a couple of these and now I have them stuck on everything in my house um, <laughs> because they just take that brightness out of these different um, these different lights. And so you can get them in uh, one that I think cuts like 50 to 80% of light. And then the other one is 100% blocking blockage of light. And so depending on whether I need to be able to see the indicator light, I'll use one or the other. But like my dishwasher, uh, those LEDs, I put these on there. I put them um, on most of my like my network attached storage. Um, the CalDigit dock, it has a big bright blue light that I've put one on. Why, why is it uh, always blue LEDs? I it just yeah, <laughs> and that's the thing, Joe. That's a, a, yes, I'm so with you because blue is the worst choice for an indicator because of the way that the uh, the light spectrum works blue is a high energy beam and that means that it can travel farther than other colors in the spectrum so when the lights are off if you have blue it can reach all the way across the room and blast your eyes and that's why in uh not movie theaters but in in actual like stage productions in stage theaters they use red lights on either side of the the stage because red is the lowest energy uh, beam. And so it won't go as far. It doesn't reach out into the audience and, and sort of make, it doesn't light up the audience. It can only kind of light up the area surrounding it. And same thing for dark rooms. That's why they use red lights in dark rooms. Um, so if you're going to go with an LED indicator light, red is your best bet because even green starts to get towards the blue side of things and is very high energy. Um, so yeah, I'm with you. I that I feel the same exact way. Like yeah. that's my rant as well. Um but I yeah, I've stuck these all over everything everywhere. Um and yeah, I have I have a great. sheet of um black circle things of various sizes, but they're camera covers. Um but they sound like they're exactly the same. It's just yeah, yours it probably works exactly the same. Yeah, yours just has some ability to transmit light if you still want it to. Uh, whereas the ones that I purchased are completely black, so they they don't transmit anything. Yeah, yeah. I'll uh, share a link. Um, looks like they might be. I think a lot of people are who are working from home are getting tired of their, uh, getting tired of their lights blinding them because they're sold out in most <laughs> places. Wow. Um, but you can also buy them in white. So if you've got you know white devices that. You don't want to put a black sticker on because you're not looking for that stormtrooper look. Mm. Uh, then you can you can get it in white, and then they make some that are just it's just one sheet, and so you can cut them uh, how you want them. Well, that's good. Yeah, I, uh, I'll look into that. I not I don't specifically have anything that I want to do right now. I used to have uh, in my old apartment uh, the cable modem was f- white and it was full of 
blue LEDs that blinked, and also it had uh, green ones too. And the inside of the mesh of the cable modem was sort of exposed, so the light was strong enough that it would be the the indicator would be flashing on the front of it, but you would also see the light. <laughs> <laughs> from inside the mesh going out the back and then it would illuminate the walls on the side it was in just unbelievably bright i don't understand what the thinking was in terms of designing that thing but uh the i don't currently have anything because we're not using that cable modem but uh I, I i'm always on the lookout for ways to cover up tiny lights that uh, are bothering me um but uh but thank you for very for that uh that link for that because i had no idea that product even existed although it makes perfect sense um leo laporte was the one who um recommended it to me he brings them with him um and of course nobody's traveling these days but <laughs> he brings them with him whenever he is traveling and will use them at hotels as well uh just because you know you want to be able to sleep at night and so um he told me about these and i thought you know what this is one of those things that's so annoying because for the longest time i would just take black electrical tape, I would put a strip down onto, you know, one of those self-healing pads and then use my craft knife to cut out um, little squares. And these are inexpensive enough that it was worth just buying this sheet of them and being able to, you know, do that than having to mess around with the, the cutting or just saying, you know what? I really don't feel like fiddling around with uh, electrical tape, so I'm just going to leave it. By doing this, it it avoids both of those things that I just can uh, peel and stick them when I want to. And so, yeah, it's uh, just a, a good idea that's kind of like, ah, oh, I wish I would have came up with that. Yeah, I mean, just uh, Scrooge McDucking and all that money. But um, <laughs> the, uh, I think that pretty much rounds out the rest of the stuff, unless um, I, I haven't been keeping tabs on your, your Mac purchasing. Um, have, well, have you, have you had the opportunity through work, I assume to, uh, M1 a little, um, no. So here's the problem. Um, I, when I first started working at twit, uh, of course they got me a, a MacBook. Well, they said, you know, what Mac do you want for work? And I, at the time wanted a MacBook Pro with Retina display. And so the one that was available was uh, the old school 15 inch MacBook Pro. And that machine was great. You know, it was it wasn't a maxed out machine by any means, but basically I got the um, the upper tier, the lower tier of the upper tier uh, of the <laughs> MacBook Pros at the time. Middle tier? <laughs> it, well, so it was like the you could get the you know, 2.3 gigahertz one in two configurations and the 2.7 gigahertz one in two configurations. And so I wanted the 2.7 gigahertz one, but I just wanted it in the, 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 not the second more. Uh, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. If I, that makes sense. I got, I got what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I'm probably wrong about those numbers. Don't at me. Um, anyway, point is I, that's what I had and it was great. But then I started to have trouble with the USB C, um, system or slash thunderbolt system and had a bunch of problems i couldn't keep my my audio devices wouldn't stay connected and there was all this fiddliness it was just not working as i expected it to and as i wanted it to and um so knowing that there was the rumor of m1 max that there was a rumor of apple silicon max at the time um 
I wanted to hold out, but I couldn't because I needed this machine to be able to podcast from home. Like it needed to work with my audio devices. So uh, Leo it was like, well, you need to get a new machine. And so you should get a new machine. Um, and so he said, he told the the guy that does the, the ordering for us, just call the Apple store in uh, Santa Rosa and have them, you know, grab the best uh 16 inch macbook pro that they have available and so um they got one that was uh pretty top notch and i got it home like i went in and picked it up um and i got it home and i uh plugged it in and i turned it on and it would not start and i couldn't i was like what in the world's going on like it just wouldn't turn on. So I thought, okay, it's probably just that it needs to charge. And even though that's never been the case before, because every MacBook Pro I've ever owned and every Apple device I've ever owned comes with a charge. And most people think that's just because of the surprise and delight or whatever, but it's also because it's for the good of the battery. <laughs> um, they're like, oh yeah, they they charge it up for you so that you can use it immediately. No, it's for the sake of the battery chemistry. Um, anyway, so... I thought this is very strange, but maybe it just needs to charge. Uh, so I started charging it and I left it for a couple of hours and went to hit the power button. And it didn't even like when you have a dead MacBook Pro or a dead iPad, and I even think with the iPhone, a dead iPhone, it saves enough battery to be able to display one time the screen where it's just got a red battery on it that's like, hey, you need to charge this, you goof. And so that way you know, and then you go and you plug it in. It wouldn't even show that. So then I went online and was looking up like all these different modes to enter enter into and try to reset the SMC and the the AMC and the RTV and the BBC and all these things and I did everything and it still wasn't working and I was like I got a stinking dud. So I had to take it back in and the only one they had left was this ridiculous like maxed out machine. Um and so that's the one I had to get. I say had as if it's like, oh, such a bad thing. But like, I was not expecting to get this ridiculous Mac style machine because I don't really, there, I do a lot of stuff on my Mac. I do, you know, a little bit of um, uh, coding and, and playing around with uh, developer tools and then uh, a bit of video stuff and lots of Photoshoppy stuff and everything else in between. So like, you know, getting the, the machine that originally I had gotten was well within my needs but to get you know this machine which is like incredibly maxed out a ridiculous machine with i've never had 2 terabytes of storage built into a, a macbook before um that was a little wild and so i get this machine excuse me and then apple comes out with the new ones and i'm like that's great you know i'd love to have an m1 machine but i also literally cannot complain about the one that I have. Sure, it's a sluggish Intel <laughs> in comparison, but I'm happy with it. So I think what I might do at some point, depending on how things shake out, is purchase myself uh, an M1 Mac Mini because I've always wanted a Mac Mini that I can just have plugged in and use at my desk because basically I use a MacBook Pro as an always plugged in machine mm -hmm. and I don't, I don't, take it to different places 
um, or move it around. And there's a part of me that would like to do that. I just don't like the unplugging and, and moving about the country process, uh, kind of like what you and I talked about. So that's the reason why I don't really move it around. But I would like to, uh, A, have an M insert number here machine. And I think that the Mac Mini would be the one to go with. And then it'll just be one that I purchased for myself. So that might be in my future, but I'm going to wait a while just to see how things shake out and when they announce the next versions. Um, and yeah, so I'm very happy with my... It's a 16-inch 2019 MacBook Pro with a 2.4 gigahertz, 8-core um, Intel Core i9, 32 gigabytes of memory, and the... Um, the two graphics cards, uh, you know, the one that's built in and the, I am forgetting terms this morning and it's really frustrating for me. Yeah. They, uh, discrete graphics. Yeah. That's the, mm-hmm. or, yeah. So, um, it's a beast of a machine and very cool, but you know, you hear, you hear about all this ridiculous stuff that the M one can do. And I would like to, mm-hmm. uh, I would like to, to try that out eventually. Yeah, I think the only thing that I was uh, a little, uh, the announcement of the M1, I was a little skeptical about the performance that they were sort of claiming because they didn't have any, well, they they sort of had uh, these charts that had no axes labeled um, for like how things were going. But then the review units materialized and everybody was just like, yeah, no, it's really actually super amazing um, what everything mm-hmm. could do. I think the only um other drawback is mainly the connectivity um two ports is not a lot of ports um so i would want more ports uh and I, apparently the ram being so limited is not actually the limit because of the way that they do things more efficiently now and the high, the faster ssds that still you know the performance is still there but there's just a uh just a weirdness in me that has you know going from uh a certain number of gigabytes of RAM down to a smaller number of gigabytes of RAM. It's just yes. kind of like, oh, yes, it's I don't a know how I feel about that. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I kind of, I'm curious because like you said, with the Mac mini, they have those two configurations, of course, using the same chip um, for the, the uh, Mac mini on the low end. And then they have uh, still the Mac mini with the Intel um, above that because it has the connectivity options that the other two don't have. Um, and I'm curious when they're going to replace that one, uh, transition that one out um, with a uh, uh, M2 or whatever, M1 point, whatever, um, M1S, M1X, I don't know, whatever they decide to do. Something that has a little bit more uh, connectivity um, and I'm sure will have a slightly different configuration for their more pro stuff that's going on. Because while they have that M1 inside of the 13-inch MacBook Pro, uh and they have the M1 inside of the MacBook Air, there supposedly is not that much of a performance difference between the two. And I have to imagine that they're going to have a more refined chip um, that's going to be coming to the uh, other 13-inch and 15-inch laptops um, to to uh, exist, and then probably the Mac Mini. But we'll, we'll see what happens. Um, I'm very curious about it, because I, I, I don't... I don't know if I have any limitations. There's a virtualization software that I have to, well, not virtualization, but a, a, a screen connectivity network thing that I have to do um, that I need to make sure it works um, with M1. And uh, it would just be nice um, that if everything was just fast, screens didn't blink, um, you know, I didn't have to, you know, really worry about uh, 
any fans spinning up or anything during a podcast. Like if everything was just quiet and chill and um, connected and didn't do anything weird, then I think that would be nice. It'd be a nice future to live in. Uh, but like you, uh, this laptop I currently have is fine for all of my needs. Um, it, it just main, It's mainly a curiosity um, to have uh, a Mac mini that um, would be sitting down here doing all this same stuff um, with a, with that good old M1 chip inside of it. But uh, you know what they say, should old Intel be forgot and never, <laughs> and the code brought to arm, um, whatever, something, something, However that goes, yeah, <laughs> the other lyrics. Um, but uh, that's, you know, the, also the situation that you uh, would be in if you were like Scrooge McDucking through all the money. Um, but uh, Larry, we're on DuckTales. We're going to stick to our light dims um, and, uh, you know, buy those and mm-hmm. stick them mm-hmm. on the lights and that'll be it for as 2021 <laughs> any closing remarks um happy new year and may all your pies be tasty mm. very tasty